Welcome to Reasonable Doubts, your skeptical guide to religion. Welcome to Reasonable Doubts, the radio show and podcast for those who won't just take things on faith. Coming to you from Grand Rapids, Michigan, the clasp on America's Bible bra. You can find us online at www.doubtcast.org, or those of you in West Michigan can listen to us on Public Reality Radio, WPRR, Ada Grand Rapids, and W237CZ Hudsonville, 1680 AM and 95.3 FM. Or you can all listen to the stream at Public Reality Radio. Dot O-R-G. My name is Dave Fletcher, and with me in the studio is my fellow Doubtcaster, Jeremy Bean. Yellow. And Luke and Justin are off this week because, frankly, this is this is that close to being a special episode. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit different from our normal format. Yeah. Um, Dave and I had a chance recently to sit in the studio and interview Hamet Meta who you probably know as the Friendly Atheist from FriendlyAtheist.com mm-hmm. and author of the book, I Sold My Soul on eBay. Yes. It was one of those strange interviews where we actually didn't come into it with an agenda at all. We just sat right. down and talked with the guy, and he was so fun to talk to, and we got along so well that we just kind of let the conversation ramble wherever it went. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to actually broadcast the entire thing for today's episode. And since it's about 50 minutes long, <laughs> that was that pretty much leave, all we needed. Doesn't leave much room for our our regular format. So if you're actually just joining the show, if you've heard about it from Friendly Atheist, mm-hmm. typically on the show we have a lot of banter with our co-hosts. We like to talk about apologetics, right. psychology of religion, mythology, uh, biblical history. All sorts of interesting topics Mm -hmm. for the skeptic of religion. Uh, But today is going to be a friendly interview with the friendly atheist. So thank you very much for joining us on Reasonable Doubts. No problem. Thanks for having me here. Now, of course, we have to talk about how you didn't actually sell your soul on eBay. (laughs) (laughs) But first, talk about your your own religious background. Many atheists were previously religious and have deconverted. Many times people are coming from the background of Christianity or Judaism, but you come from a very different religious background. I was wondering if you would share with our listeners. Yeah, um, so my parents raised me in the Jain tradition, and Jains in India believe in things – I mean their primary belief is nonviolence. So they don't kill anything. If you're talking hardcore Jain, you're talking someone who doesn't want to kill bacteria or mm-hmm. bugs on the right. ground or something. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the, the primary philosophy. So a lot of people I think can get behind that philosophy. Sure. Where, where I have to draw the line is you know, when I started learning more about the actual theology behind it. So Jains believe in karma. They believe mm-hmm. in reincarnation. They believe in heaven and hell and that, you know, the idea is the way I learned of it anyway. Uh, you accumulate karma. Think of karma, karma as like dust. 
And if you do bad things, you get more bad karma particles on you. And your whole job in life is to get rid of these karma karmic particles. And if you you die, okay, in your next life, if you had a net loss of karma, mm-hmm. uh, which is a good thing, right? Uh, you'll be in a better position in your next life. And if you do bad things, you have more karma, you'll be in a worse position. And ultimately, you keep re- reincarnating until eventually you shed all of your bad karma, and then you will become a supernatural deity. Wow, that's that's kind of a nice <laughs> yeah. perk. It's I, a nice perk, and uh, I could go for that. Yeah, yeah. and the the where you it gets yeah, that's already weird, but where it gets really weird is <laughs> they know exactly who has done this because oh, really? they know all twenty four really? beings who have done this, and you know the times that they lived. We have our mm-hmm. prophets essentially in Jainism, right. mm-hmm. and you know not only did I memorize that list of like twenty four, we call them theor thunkers. We have their emblems, their animal oh. or oh. plant emblems that match up with them. I mean, it's it's a lot of the same type of stuff you'll mm-hmm. see in other religions, just a different shade of it, you know? Yeah, it sounds almost like a modified version of saint worship or yeah. bodhisattvas. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, and the or... funny thing is Jains actually don't believe in a god, mm-hmm. per se. So you could say mm-hmm. Jainism is an atheistic religion, but they still do believe in the supernatural when it right. comes to that stuff. Right. And when I started to think about that, I'm like, I... I, I can't believe that. So I don't think I can call myself a Jane anymore, even though I, I, I'm still a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's something anyone can do. You don't have to believe right. in this other stuff. Right, right. A, a lot of people, uh, I think, uh, coming out of a Christian background, they read these horrendous stories in the Bible about slavery and uh, genocide, and, and they, they rebel against it morally. Whereas with Jainism, it sounds like Morally, morally, uh, it's great. Yeah, it's everything else that's problematic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How old were you when you started to have doubts? I was about uh, fourteen okay. when I started well. to have those doubts. So this is my freshman year of high school, right yeah. at the beginning. Um, I remember this is when we had like dial-up AOL. Oh yeah. And so it'd yeah, be yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's late at night in my bedroom. I don't know what other kids were doing, but I'm like, <laughs> what happened? I'm like searching. What happens if you don't believe in a god? And you, I mean, there weren't a lot of websites around yeah. about religion at the time, but the ones that came up, you know, if you look back at them now, you just yeah. be like, oh man, that's like a crazy person writing right, about right, something. Right. But you know, and I thought that too. And I'm reading, I'm like, but they kind of make some sense here, hmm. and. I think I don't believe in the afterlife either, and I I don't believe in this stuff. Reincarnation and, it, and, and reincarnation. all that baggage. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't just my religious beliefs that I was like, oh, my religious beliefs are sort of weird here. Mm-hmm. It's it's religion altogether, and right. I'm like, okay, so all these people who I'm reading here who don't believe in God, they're calling themselves atheists, and you know, I'm like, all right, I guess that describes me pretty well. Um, so thanks AOL. <laughs> but yeah, so I at tell some me point, you were able to watched. cancel your AOL account eventually. Okay, because <laughs> that does take some time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that that happened when I was fourteen over the course of maybe a few months, and I, I would say I'm get, I'm making this up here, but maybe by October November, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's when I think I started calling myself an atheist, at well, least to myself. Yes. Well, that's uh, that takes a lot of guts as a teenager. It's and scary it, too. Yeah. I, I remember mm-hmm. the first night. I'm like, I, I think I'm an atheist. What do I do? Well, every night I would pray before I went to bed, mm-hmm. and so one night I'm just like, I, I'm just not gonna pray tonight, and I'm kind of freaked <laughs> out. Like, what's gonna happen when I wake up? Yeah, it's but, like uh, the night I choose not to brush my teeth, and I always feel weird, <laughs> and like I'm too tired to brush my teeth. But what's gonna happen? I know I should exactly. Yeah. And I woke up and I was all right. I'm like, all right, atheism works for me now. <laughs> Only. 
in your your case, plaque actually does exist. That's true. And, and, you're and right. Could have you're an right. Impact. Yeah. Better yeah. better going without prayer than without brushing your teeth. So, yeah. so uh, then, being a Jane, I imagine probably the the only Jane in your school, or, yeah. or am I not many? Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in in the north suburbs of Chicago, northwest okay. suburbs of Chicago. We moved to Tennessee, and I lived in Knoxville for a little while, and I loved L- it. there. A lot of Janes in Tennessee. Oh, right? so of many course. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know what? What was funny is you know as. Only in retrospect did I realize how religious a lot of my friends there in Tennessee oh, were. Oh, really? I didn't really encounter anything when mm-hmm. I was I was there for like seventh and eighth grade. Yeah. I didn't really didn't encounter a lot of religion mm-hmm. oh. then. Only after I left, uh, and I had one friend who wasn't that religious. Yeah, and she's like telling me stories about people we knew, and she's like, they tried to get me to go to church. They tried to do this or convert me here and there. I'm like, really? That person? I didn't well, know they were religious. They just gave up on you because you're brown, Maybe. right? They didn't even, they didn't even worry about that. <laughs> and my family moved then to the south suburbs of Chicago right uh-huh. after that. Oh, wow. And that's really what got me yeah. thinking about the religious side yeah. of things. South suburbs of Chicago tend to be very Pentecostal and very, oh, yeah. uh, very, well, at least in my experience. We're talking about suburbs that have, you know, big mega. There's, there's actually a pretty big mega church not far mm-hmm. from where my parents live now, um, and I'm living, I'm living in the west side of Chicago, west suburbs of Chicago now. So I mean, I've, I've been. In the color counties, so to speak. What, Willow Creek? Are you speaking of Willow Creek? Uh, I'm not speaking church? about that one near my parents' house, but I have been to that one. Have you it's really? A, it's a oh. beautiful place. It's a beautiful <laughs> church. It's the only church I've ever been to that has a food court. Yeah, and a cafeteria. <laughs> oh. and they have a bookstore and cafeteria and everything. And, you know, like when I, I remember when I went there, um, my first thought is, wow, this is a beautiful place. I, I did theater all throughout mm. high school, and oh, I'm just looking too. at Willow Creek, yeah. and I'm like, I would love to perform on this yeah, stage. Sure. But, uh, you know, I remember when I heard them, as someone who likes a good speaker, they had really good people sure. who spoke, even though I didn't agree with them. And I remember saying, like, wow, like, this is a church with so many people here. It's it's the most influential church, mm-hmm. uh, according to some Christian magazines. And... I, they obviously get a lot of money, and they can do a lot of stuff with that money. I, I think yeah. they took in, like, almost half a million dollars a week. And so, like, all the stuff they could do with that money. And then I'm looking through their program, and they're, like, on Wednesday or something, we have a seminar on why creationism or why intelligent design is correct. Yeah. And come to, I'm like, really, with all that stuff and all this power, this is the sort of yeah. thing you're promoting. That's what they're spending their resources yeah. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's just disappointing. Yeah. We should move into your church visits because this is how the whole eBay situation got started and your your internet celebrity, or I suppose <laughs> even beyond the internet. Yes, um, I'm worth 17 internets. <laughs> <laughs> you you deconvert, you become an yeah. atheist. You teamed up with, what is it, the Secular Student Alliance? Yeah. Um, well, I started working with them in college only because a, a girl that I started my college's atheist group with she was volunteer at camp quest like an atheist camp for children of atheist parents love camp quest yeah it's great and she said you know i i didn't even know a summer camp like that existed and she's like no 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 it's awesome and by the way we're starting this group we should affiliate with uh the secular student alliance Mm -hmm. and again i'm like what what is that and it's kind of like this nationwide umbrella organization for college you know Mm -hmm. atheist humanist groups and so we did, and uh, I remember we affiliated with CFI as well because we're like, look, there are all these resources available. Yeah. And so we were like, all right, we'll do this and this. And, like, you know, the, both the groups, they helped us get money to bring in speakers and yeah. uh, to hold events. It was great. And uh, after I graduated, well, first of all, it was awesome just meeting other atheists yeah. for sure. the first time openly 
meeting other atheists, uh, having some people. T- I remember uh, having hearing some people talk. I remember uh, Michael Newdow was trying to get under God out of the pledge yeah. at the time, yep. and, and still is, I believe, and still yeah. is. He actually came to our school about a week after he had argued in front of the Supreme wow. Court, Holy cow. which we thought was a pretty big coup. Yeah. And like just yeah. seeing him speak, I mean. That was a big deal. That's, and we, That is nice. For a school that's mostly a commuter school where I went, right. we had mm-hmm. a couple hundred people show wow. up like on a weekday, nice. weekday night. That never happened That's there. tough to make college students care about much of anything, right. especially if you're not giving out free pizza. Yeah, you know? and yeah. Uh, the fact that it was like, hey, you're probably going to go home right after classes, but come back for this event. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, after I graduated there, I'm like, I still want to be involved in this. And so I remember... Uh, I ran for the SSA Secular Student Alliance Board, and I got elected nice. there. I remember applying to be an intern at CFI, and hmm. I, I had a chance to do an internship in Amherst. Um, and, and that just kind of started my foray into working with a lot yeah. of these national organizations. Right. And I, I was able to keep a foot in the door, I guess, that way. <laughs> and then the eBay stunt. Yeah. Um, at this point, you know, I've been surrounded by atheists for a few years and working with people who have been atheists for most of their lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you always – talk to them about what their religious life was like. And right. most of them left religion because they had some problem with it, whether it was, you know, the the pastor at their church or mm-hmm. just the theology overall. or But a lot of them don't have nice things to say about the church. Right. Understandably. And, you know, I just wanted to – I was wondering, you know, I've never been to any of these churches or mosques or synagogues or whatever. And I'm just thinking, okay – I don't want to get the wrong impression of them just because all these people I know and I like and I respect right. don't have a lot You're of trying to be open-minded. I'm trying to be. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, I want to go to these places yeah. for my for my own. And um, I happen to put this thing on eBay that just said, look, you can it, you could pay money and you could decide where I go to church if you're the highest bidder or wherever you want me right. to go. And uh, a bunch of Christians bid on it. Um, I, I think what ended up happening is you had Christians bidding that I go to church, mm-hmm. and you had atheists bidding that I don't go to church, <laughs> and they just kind of hey, it drives the bidding up. Yeah. That's great. And ultimately, this Christian pastor, or at least a former Christian pastor, won for like five hundred four dollars, and he said, "Not bad." Uh, yeah, which not bad for him, not 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 great for me. <laughs> well, because yeah, sure. I, I owed him like fifty weeks of church. But he said, you know, <laughs> don't go to fifty weeks of a church. I wouldn't want to go to fifty weeks of a right. church as a pastor. And he's like, tell you what, go to 10 churches. He'll pick them for me in mm. Chicago. And, you know, in exchange for that smaller number, I'll write about my experiences on his ministry's website. And that's what right. he ended up doing, yeah. which I was happy with. He was happy with because it was spurring really interesting discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Jim, this this guy, this pastor, he sent me to 10 churches in Chicago that were really, really different, all of these. Yeah. Um, so I went to Willow Creek, and I mm-hmm. went to a guy's living room because it was a really small church. And I went to a Catholic church, and I went to um, a, an all-black church, basically, mm-hmm. in the south suburbs of Chicago. Were they all south Christian? They were all Christian. Okay. Uh, they were a couple different denominations. Right, but, right. Yeah, but no, were, no mosque, no... No mosque. Yeah, uh, okay. They, basically, Jim's readers are Christians. Right, they of want course. To, they want to hear what their churches are like. So. Yeah. That's where Jim sent me. And that uh, a book publisher basically saw what we were doing and saying, that's really interesting. And the dialogue that's starting as a result of this is really fascinating. So after I'm done going to church with Jim, for Jim, why don't I go to more churches around the country? And that's what ended up becoming that book. I sold my soul on eBay. 
in which I didn't sell my soul on eBay. <laughs> but uh, sounds good. But it's you, a catchy title. You yeah. still got more money for not selling your soul than we were recently offered <laughs> money. Did you did you see yes, that email, yes, Jeremy? We had we had somebody fishing for our souls lately. Yeah, offered to pay us like nice, five bucks, five dollars. Like, awesome. Yeah. So I'm not selling. I think my... that's what Bart Simpson got for. Yeah, us. for, right. for yeah. Milhouse's soul. I think or, uh, <laughs> yeah. Milhouse bought his soul. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I even though I don't believe I have a soul, I'm I'm not selling my imaginary soul that yeah. cheap. And, and that's uh, the thing, like you know what I found out? I found out if uh because I wasn't selling my soul and that was that word wasn't even in the, in the eBay auction. If I did put the word soul in there, um and I was actually trying to sell my soul that I don't believe exists, mm-hmm. eBay would have yanked it from their listings. Yeah. And the reason <laughs> is they consider it a body parts. Um, and you're not allowed to sell the body parts. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know how accurate that is, but that's what I heard from somewhere. I'm, now, I'm willing to try it. I think Dave, Dave, on our last episode was yeah. talking about a severed head that they were trying to sell oh, on eBay. No, not right? on eBay. No, it was through oh, an actual right. auction. House. Craigslist. That was, yeah. the, that was through some guy on the corner. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Give us an example of some of the churches you visited and uh, some of the observations you had about them. Because sure. part, of what, part of what I enjoy about your story is just how civil the reactions of Christians to your experiences were. Yeah, I mean, and most of these churches didn't know – they didn't. They didn't know I was coming there with mm-hmm. the exception of like one guy's living room just because that would have been creepy. Right. <laughs> but um, the churches didn't know I was going to be yeah. there. But I mean one church I went to in Chicago, you know, here was a uh, – she was a female pastor, which mm-hmm. you don't see very often. Mm-hmm. She was trying to do something really different. I mean this is not a church that is known by name to a lot of people outside right. of Chicago or really mm-hmm. even in Chicago. But um, she had gone to some leadership canf- conference for pastors and she came back with this awesome idea and she wanted to share it. So she was telling the story about what she experienced when she was there. Um, and at one point she gave a lot of people like a sheet of paper – um, maybe the people who are sitting in the front row, um, which I wasn't. And she said, right, you know, they talk about how powerful this experience is to be born again as a Christian. Well, write about what your life was like in one word. What was your life like before you were a Christian? And then turn the paper over, write about what your life was like after you became a Christian. And then she had those people stand in the front of everyone else mm-hmm. and share. So you had people saying like, well, you know, before I was a Christian, I was lost and now I am found. Before I was depressed and now I'm full of joy or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just – every single person was like devastated and depressed and like dying before they were <laughs> right, a Christian. Right. And afterwards, <laughs> everything became better and I'm just sitting there thinking, is this really the impression? I mean this right. must be what they think all atheists are dealing with. Like right. we're all these well, – oh, wait, I have a Jesus-shaped hole in my heart, that yes, sort of thing. Yeah. I'm just like, where's the person saying my life was all right before? Maybe it's better now because yeah. I believe in something yeah. that makes me happy. But le- no one was saying they were fine before. Right, right. Um, and I, I wanted to get up there saying my life was great before and it's even better now that <laughs> I don't have faith. But like right. I, I understand why I'm not seeing that. But it's just – Really, everyone's life sucked before Jesus, and now it's better. I mean, that's one thing that stood out. And this was a a, a female pastor who I actually liked what she had to say. I thought yeah. she had a lot of interesting things to say. She was trying really hard um, to to get these people into their community and to make them appreciate their faith. Right. Okay, I get that. But you could clearly see there was a narrative going on. Oh yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah. and you. I think one of the messages that sends is if you're not Christian, you must be right. a sad, you know, pathetic type of person right. or something like that. Um, there was another church I went to uh, that 
here, this was an interesting one because this lady talked about the, it was a guest pastor, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, she talked about a parable about how uh, I might be getting this wrong, the Bible story, but like Jesus saw this paralytic woman sitting on a mat. He Mm -hmm. healed her, whatever afflicted her. She gets up, she's healed. She gets up, she's fine. She picks up her mats and she walks away all cured. And that's that's a story of how Jesus right. healed someone. So she was using that as a metaphor. And she was saying that, you know, we all have issues in our lives. And, for example, let's say you were abused as a child. And what happens is a lot of people who have that horrible thing happen to them, they will do the same thing to their own kids. Hmm. She's saying we can't do that. If you were abused as a child, if your parents were drug ad- addicts, mm-hmm. you got to make sure your kids do not experience that. We have to – whatever mat we're on, that's this horrible thing. Right. We have to right. heal ourselves of it, maybe through Jesus, according to her. Right. And, but we got to pick up that mat and walk away so no one else can sit on that. Which, okay, as a metaphor, yeah, I understand okay. what she's sure. trying to say. Sure. To, to illustrate that, she got people to hold up a big black cloth, mm-hmm. which was a mat, mm-hmm. you know, and they were holding it up and it had a lot of words written on it because these were things people are afflicted by. So, okay. for example, you had child abuse, you yeah. had drug abuse, and I'm totally on board. Yeah, those are horrible things that need to be fixed. Right. Um, then she talked about people who have... Um, a porn addiction. Uh, I was waiting for that I one. Was like, yeah. Okay, I can understand where you're going with that. Okay, yeah. fine. Um, and then it got to. Um, Sounds like that could stain a black mat pretty <laughs> easily. But. Yeah, and then it got uh, to something like uh, to the point where we're talking about witchcraft. Oh, like really? Oh. You're Harry Potter. Harry, Some are afflicted with Harry Potter books. Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and really, that's the progression you're going in here. Wow. I, I was with you with child abuse, yeah. and drug, drugs, addic- uh, drug addiction, but really, really. Um, and the whole whole time she's doing this progression, the audience is just cheering her on louder and louder. Yeah. And I just want to be – really, all of you agree with her on this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I'll give you one more. There was one more church where – you know, it was, another, it was another guest pastor or something. And I remember this was in a high school auditorium mm-hmm. because they rented out on weekends and stuff. Right. And I'm sitting in the back of the auditorium. I'm, and I've been sitting there for two hours. My I'm, my back is hurting. My arms are hurting and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of this thing, uh, it was a vineyard church, if that means yes, anything. Yes, it listening. does. But at the end of this service, she's like, you know, uh, raise your hand if your back hurts. Well, my back was hurting too. But, you know, a lot of people <laughs> right. raised your hand, hand in a vineyard <laughs> church. Your hurting. And she's like, and now, uh, you know, raise your hand if your arm is tingling. I'm like, I've been sitting with my arm on the back of my chair for a while, like my arm's tingling. You see a lot of people raise their arms. And she's like, raise their hands. And she says, "If if your arm is tingling... God is telling you to heal the people whose backs are hurting. So go put your hand on their shoulder and heal them. Oh, man. And amen, we're done with the service. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting, I mean, I'm in a little raised part of the back of the room, so I can kind of see what's going on in front of me. You see a a lot of people shaking hands, saying hi to friends, whatever. And then randomly, you'll see three or four big clumps of people develop with a handful of people in the center and all these hands reached in trying to touch them because <laughs> they're curing them. And I was just sitting there thinking, go tell them to see a doctor. Right. This is not right. going to help. Yes. It's unbelievable. And, you know, I was actually – the past, the gym, the pastor, mm-hmm. he was actually with me for this visit. He was in town. And he, I'm like, you were a vineyard pastor. What is going on here? Oh, he, Jim he was, was a vineyard, really? vineyard pastor. Too? And he tells me, he's like, look. They have ushers who are telling these people to go see a doctor. It's not part of the show, 
but they are telling uh, these people to go the behind the scenes. How they disingenuous, are, like, though. Well, and I'm just like, well, I don't see any of that happening. I'm right. watching. I see it's the It's a little ushers. bit comforting to know, but well, you are right. It's yeah. definitely disingenuous. <laughs> but yeah. I'm watching all these ushers. I'm like, they're leaving. They're collecting the money, and they're yeah, going to the right. back. Like, they're not telling these people to go see a doctor. Yeah. Now, yeah. That was the one and only time we really had an argument about anything. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, those were the, the good and bad kind of churches. I mean, there were some ones that really, yes, they believe in God, but the way they were going about doing it, these are people who are all for social justice. And right. yeah. these are people who really who care about, like, gays and lesbians and fight for their civil rights. We like there those were some, people. There were some really cool people that I met. You know, mm-hmm. I think my, my spectrum of Christianity was really one type of conservative Christian. Right. And this experiment, it opened my mind to the idea that, wait, there are, there's a lot of Christians who even vote Democrat, you know? Right. Um, and I didn't know a lot of those people existed. And maybe a few, but not that many. Mm-hmm. There's a whole emerging movement that's kind mm-hmm. of on that side. And then, you know, I, I did see a lot of those conservative churches too. So so you're having these experiences at these churches and you're you're writing about them on a Christian blog. Yeah. How were Christians responding to what you were saying about their churches. For the most part, it was great. I mean, there's always an occasional crazy person commenting Mm -hmm. on a website. For the most part, they were great. And they were saying, you know, I either I agree with you with your criticism because, you know, uh, you said the pastor said an outright lie and no one called him out on it. Well, yeah, sometimes my pastor says something that Mm -hmm. I know is wrong and I don't really call them out on it. You don't do that to a professor, really, right. you know? Oh, you just, yeah. You don't do that to yeah. a well, professor? You hope, I, in, I'm a teacher. I would hope my students call me out on it. Well, exactly. Exactly. But again, they were saying, you know, I, I'm with you. Pastors should be called out if they make a mistake. Um, or they were saying, you know, I, I don't think you really understood what you were criticizing there. Let me try to explain it for you, oh, yeah, which of is course. fine. Like, great. Mm-hmm. Try to explain it to me. Um, but it was a civil dialogue. I mean, they knew where I was coming mm-hmm. from. They were not trying to convert me on the blogs. You know, they were yeah. they were trying to say, like, I, I appreciate right that you're giving this a shot. And, you know, I hope your experience is a good one, they were saying, because, you know, they love their church. Um, so, you know, they were reading it and maybe they were upset just because, oh, that church didn't live up to the standards of my church. Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> or if you went to my church, you then would have a different would, experience. Then you and, would be yeah. all Jesus-y right now. That's right. I, yeah. I think I think my, my experience has been uh, with with Christians is that they – what they lack in the ability to be self-critical about their beliefs sometimes, they more than make up for in their ability to be self-critical <laughs> – about their own behavior, about their yeah. church communities, and that sort of thing. And, you and know, I do wonder sometimes to how much is it, how much of it is trying to evangelize the atheist by saying like, "Oh, I know that church can be bad too." Oh, there's a lot of that. I mean, but they, I do think it's part of it's sincere too. Part of it is, and I, I appreciate that response because I, I think, uh, I think Jim laid a really good mm-hmm. tone out, which is this is a, not about conversion. This is about conversation, and so you know. I believe I think where people got really surprised is when I would go to services that were designed to reach out to people like yeah. me mm-hmm. and I'm saying I I heard what they said and I have an even bigger problem with what they're saying right. than some of the <laughs> other right. churches I went to cuz they really think that's going to convince anyone like yeah. I mean I there was one church I went to where the pastor I went on their website beforehand the pastor said you need and this is actually the mega church by my house by my parents house he said uh, parents, print out this PDF file. It says 
what you should know about my child or what you should know about science, something like that. Mm -hmm. Basically, give it to your kids to give it to their science teachers. And it said, oh, this is what I oh, believe about science, wow. saying oh, I believe wow. in, you know, old earth or young earth creationism, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, okay, I download this PDF and I'm looking at this yeah, thing. Of course. And here's, here's okay, we know what type of stuff you're going to see in there. Um, and you could ref a, a fourth grader with who's read a biology textbook could refute the entire thing. Right. But I'm going through this, and the first part of it is an introduction from this pastor, and he says, you know, uh, there's a cover of National Geographic lately that said on the cover, uh, "Was Darwin wrong?" Question mark. Uh, I remember the cover, mm -hmm. and and he said, on, and it was a controversial cover too. But he says, you know, uh, for a long time, uh, people believed in God, and then in schools they started teaching evolution, and the spectrum swung the other way. Oh, but now, right. now scientists are beginning to think maybe evolution's not right. Look at this cover of National Geographic. Oh, Even geez. they're questioning Darwin. <laughs> oh, and I'm were. looking at, I'm like, they, wait a minute. If you go to the first page of this article, the first page is one. One word long, and it's the word no <laughs> yes. in like size 2,000 fonts or something. You right, know? right. It's huge. I'm like, it was this all is a to sell, to sell magazines. And it's one thing to say, like, you know, we, we doubt, I don't know, to me, it's like one thing to say, we doubt the fossil record. But this is blatantly misleading yeah. people as to oh. what that article says. Yeah. I'm right. like, like that's and I called him out on it on the website and he responded too. Oh, wow. Um, eventually, and you know he <laughs> changed it to give it a little asterisk, which yeah. just said on the page, "I understand the article says it says no, or the article says yeah. Darwin was correct, but, but the question is still out there. Oh. Like it's just <laughs> BS. Yeah. Um, Clearly, the man has no understanding of science. He doesn't, and I mean, he's trying I mean, to tell the parents, tell your kids to give this to the science teachers right. who, at least in the suburbs where I'm from, they hire people who really do do a good job yeah. of knowing their subject. Right. It's like, you're really, you're the expert all of a sudden? Like, yeah. it, it was just sickening. And So let's fast forward. I wanted to talk about that, too. Let, yeah. Let's fast forward a little bit. You've you've now, uh, you've done these church visits, and it, and it becomes this media sensation for a short amount of time. Yeah. You were all over the place, weren't you? Uh, for a span of a few weeks yeah, here and there, just yeah. the publicity all kind of comes – you know, when it rains, it pours, that yeah, sort of right. thing. So, yeah, it was there for a little bit, and I, I knew it was only going to be there for a little bit. Take advantage Take of advantage it. Take advantage of yeah. it. And, uh, yeah, it was it was fun while but it was there. As an atheist, you got a book published by a Christian publisher, correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a book – there was a book anyway in mm -hmm. Christian bookstores for a while and in you know Barnes & Noble and Borders for a while. Um, I could go to the Christian living section of any border <laughs> store in the country and, and find the book. It was kind of weird and yeah. cool. Yeah, I imagine – which is – that's a huge accomplishment uh, to have uh, – Christians buying your book. Yeah. Publishing read. your book. An atheist, yeah. You to know, read I, an atheist perspective on these churches. And, I'm not and, one of those people who said I want to grow up and be an author one day. It mm -hmm. was, But it was one of those things I'm like, that would be really cool. I wish I had yeah. that sort of talent and stuff. And, and you know, I've heard since that that came out, like, what do real authors have to go through? They got to find, <laughs> they got to sell yeah. a proposal to an, they got to get an agent right. into their proposal. Mm -hmm. They got to get the agent to sell the concept to mm -hmm. a publisher. It's like all these negotiations for very little money. Yeah. Um, and then you got to actually write the thing and then maybe you'll get it published. You know what I mean? And here's a publisher, a Christian publisher that said, we really like this idea. And I, I just want to make clear, like, as I don't know what people would think of a Christian publisher doing anything, but they were amazing. They, mm -hmm. they 
helped me out the whole way when I said things. Their critics, their comments back to me because I would send them drafts of these writings, right. and they would say like, you know, uh, they even corrected me on my own beliefs sometimes. If I said like, you know, this pastor <laughs> said the Earth is this old and it's really this old, they're like, actually, is don't you guys think it's this old? Crap, like, <laughs> you're totally right. I got fact checked by fact-checked. a creationist, but that's a, yeah, pretty much. And that's but they were very good about saying we want your voice to come out and. You know, with with a few guidelines, we want you to say whatever you want to say. Right. Yeah. They didn't want me to swear. I right. can live with that. I don't really do that yeah, anyway. I was going to say you're you're a teacher, so you're you're used yeah, to doing that. Yeah, I'm used to not that. swearing yeah. and doing. You know, I, I could live by their guidelines, but they were very good about helping me make my own voice come out, which, that's you know, awesome. that's so great that I lucked yeah. out with that publisher. I mean, the editor was just wonderful to work with. Um, so, I mean, it was a cool experience and it's one of those things like all these people everywhere, they, they would love that opportunity and here's that opportunity kind of falling on my lap and I didn't really even ask for it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I took, took the opportunity to do that. I'm glad I yeah. did. I don't know if I'll ever get that chance again. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was a wonderful experience and maybe, uh, it was tough too, because I heard there's, it's probably 18 months from start to finish to write a book, right. especially one that's, uh, a, f- a nonfiction story like that. Mm-hmm. And this was, they kind of wanted to capitalize on the publicity. So yeah, they said sure. six months, start to finish. Oh. So we, I wrote the whole thing wow. in uh, six months and it was out of my hands at that point, just kind of editing back and forth yeah. after that. Um, but yeah, this all happened in like February, the eBay thing. And the book came out the following April. Mm-hmm. From, oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That's that is, amazing. that's Fast and Furious, right? Yeah, there. it was. And uh, I'm, I'm happy with how it turned out. No regrets. Yeah, it's about a great that book. Whole experience. It really is. Thank you. And you, you even uh, you mentioned that um, there was a Christian magazine yeah. that in their uh, that they were ranking different books and yeah. and in their category for books to help you best outreach the, resource, best outreach resource <laughs> for people to reach the unsaved, basically. Yeah, yeah. And your book hit number one in, in that one. Yeah. Right? Now it was an online poll. So I took advantage of that, too. <laughs> oh, uh, nice. I don't think the other pastors that were on that list with their books <laughs> realized how to manipulate the internets. But uh, I have some friends. So, yeah. <laughs> so we were able to fringalize that thing. Pretty yes. Well. Yes. I think the PZ bump <laughs> probably helped I don't with even, that. I, you know, I don't even remember if PZ had anything to do with it. But yeah. I, but the internet helped mm-hmm. out, and you know, at that point, I had a website too. Definitely, and uh, I could just say, like, go, go vote. And I don't think anyone else did that. Now, did you yeah. ever have any kind of feedback uh, or or letters, emails, or anything from people who were maybe Christians and read your book, and you know, started being more open about their doubts or anything? I I don't, you know, the book. I know wasn't that really, wasn't the point. That of wasn't the, the book. point of the book, and I don't think. I've heard from a lot of Christians who said I deconverted or started to yeah. as a result mm-hmm. of that. I have heard from a lot of people who said, you know, I appreciate what you did. And, yeah, I'm starting to question – at least I'm starting to question what my church is saying or mm-hmm. doing. Not that they're not being a Christian still. Right. But they're questioning it. There were hmm. some people who said, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm dating an atheist. And this hmm. book was one we could both read and discuss. Yeah. Because they couldn't really do that nice. with, you know, the end of faith or the right. God right. right, right. Um, so, I, you know, that was nice to hear. And, yeah. you know, I, I still get emails occasionally from uh, just hardcore Christians who will say, you know, I still disagree with you, but I, mm-hmm. I appreciate what you were doing there. And I like that. So It sounds like a lot of people, a lot of Christians learned something from reading your book and your, yeah. your experiences. I mean, about half the book is here's how I became an atheist in the first place. And here's mm-hmm. what that means right. for me to be an atheist. Yeah. And then the second half is now let's go to church now that you know where I'm coming from. Right, right. So, I mean, there there is a part in there where they're saying, you know, here's what where I'm coming from. And maybe you can agree with me that 
you know, if this religious belief is kind of strange and I don't right. think I can buy into that, maybe you can understand where I'm coming from when I'm hearing these pastors talk. Yeah, because I'm sure they're with you the whole way when talking about Jainism. Yeah, stuff. of course. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah, well, so if they learned a lot from this, what do you think in the secular community, especially uh, atheists and agnostics and humanists that are actually involved in community building, who are trying to start up groups and um, get people together to discuss these ideas. Do you think there's, do you, do you think there's messages we could learn from them? Yeah. Oh man, a lot. They're so good. The churches are so good at community building. They're mm-hmm. so good at keeping people active and involved. I mean, I, if I wanted to, with some of these mega churches, I could base my whole life around there. I could drop my kids off at daycare there. I could oh, yeah. work. I could get a job through there. They have Christian. Well, the yeah. food court too, so you can eat there. I can eat there. I can. Get That's kind of scary. You know? <laughs> yeah, and especially in the suburbs. I I grew up yeah. in the suburbs of Chicago, and and you realize, yeah, these could become these little isolated communities. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think all atheists want to copy all that stuff. Right. But I mean, right. the fact that you know. People feel welcome when they're right. there and they feel connected to this community and they can take an active role in it and help it grow. I think everyone at the churches gets a little pride from, you know, this is yeah. my church. This is something I helped build, even though they have they're not the ones in the top of the hierarchy there. Um, but atheist groups, too. I mean, college groups work the same way. I've heard I, I know a lot of college students don't really hang out with a lot of atheists necessarily. And maybe when they join an atheist group in college, it's the first time they're discussing these things, they're seeing other atheists, and they're excited about getting speakers to come to their school. They're excited about talking about this issue with other people. I know some high schools now that are starting atheist groups. I know. Isn't that incredible? There was one group in uh, in the suburbs of Chicago. That's why I heard about it. But um, they they – they weren't even a group. It was just a couple of atheists. And there was a national Ask an Atheist Day mm-hmm. uh, sponsored oh, yeah. by the Secular yep. Student Alliance. And they said, well, we want to take part in that. Mm-hmm. They asked the principal, can we set up a table in the cafeteria? Because um, they've seen it done for other things. And they just said, we'll have a sign that says, Ask an Atheist Anything. It's like, meet you at the pole for exactly. the Christians. Right. Yeah. Um, no one has to do it. And these kids weren't going to kids in the cafeteria. They were just like, we'll just sit here with the sign. And You if come to has, us and ask us. us. Yeah. And yeah. they did. And it worked out fine, except for one parent who heard about this and complained. That's all it takes. And she took her kids out of school the rest of the day. Because wow. look at what this school's doing. <laughs> the principal's like, well, they, they have a right to their table. Yeah. I, I don't and know they're if, not proselytizing they're, they're either. They're absolutely not. But that's quite the, the opposite. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. But it's taking kind of ownership of this thing and, you know, be yeah. proud of that label and get out there and try to, you don't have to make, yeah. you know, you don't have to evangelize about it, but you're proud of it. And there's nothing wrong with coming out and saying that. That's great. Um, you, you are a teacher. Yeah. Uh, and you teach in the public school system. Yeah. You not only have written this, this, uh, this book, but you also have a very popular blog, Friendly Atheist. Um, Which is, by the way, a great name. Thanks. And, 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 it, and it lives up to it. Sometimes. I try sometimes. <laughs> well, most of the time. Most be, of the time. I'll be the first to tell you it doesn't always live well, up to Well, compared the name, to but... some other blogs which are <laughs> yeah. slightly not so yeah. friendly. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I, I do try to give a fair hand whenever we can. I mean, well, and, and it's not necessarily about it's that. Like... It's is its tone. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and that. Your sincerity really comes through. Absolutely. Well, and, and, yeah, and good intentions. I, I think that's immediately obvious well, that's when nice. listening to different podcasts and reading different blogs yeah. is who's, who has a good heart. Here. Yeah, which is one of the reasons that your, in fact, your blog is one of my go-tos as opposed to some of the possibly more popular blogs mm-hmm. where I'm like, eh, yeah. I, I kind of 
I don't need to be quite so aggressive. And, you know, this there morning. is actually one of the the pastors that I I met during a result of mm-hmm. writing that book and mm-hmm. doing those visits. Um, I I like I like the guy a lot. I mean, him and his wife are both awesome, and they're pretty. Mm-hmm. We we pretty much have the same values about everything. Right. They just happen to mm-hmm. believe in God. Yeah. Um, and I don't. Um, he actually contributes to the website occasionally, and he has free reign to do Fantastic. that whenever he wants. And That's he's great. posted some really. Good, inter- interesting things. Yeah, it's good, and it needs to. We need to break our our side free out of an echo chamber too. Sometimes, yeah, which I is mean, so weird to be reading. able to say that. It's, it's almost <laughs> nice to be able to say that. It's now. fun preaching to the atheist yeah. choir, but again, you want to uh, reach out to people who may not agree with you, and mm-hmm. and that's one of the problems with having a more. Uh, aggressive, so to speak, tone, which is that, okay, you'll definitely rile up the, our own crowd. Right, right. But I don't know how many Christians are going to those other sites saying, yeah, well, I want to read what this person has to say. Yeah, yeah. But maybe they do that with mine. Well, I wanted to ask you about, um, you did a, you did a, uh, on your blog, you were criticizing a, uh, a, a Christian radio host or a Christian blog uh, writer who was uh, kind of on an anti-homosexual kick. Yeah, it was actually a group in mm-hmm. Illinois, the Illinois Family Institute. Always okay. throwing family in yeah. there, aren't they? Apparently only Christians that. can have families. You're right. I criticized what they were mm-hmm. saying and doing. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually attended one of their talks undercover. I, I don't know how undercover I really would be. <laughs> False mustache. I, I, mean. I didn't. I just went there. I signed up as my, with my own name and I went and heard what yeah. they had to say and I wrote about it quoting them mm-hmm. and saying, this is the handout they gave me. Here is the scan. Yeah, right. And when you quote their own things back to them, it makes them look bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Isn't that um, great? But I called them out on it. And for a vi- variety of reasons, the lady there, she sent an email to all of my superiors saying, look well, at what this atheist is writing. Of He's a horrible role did. model. And parents should take their kids out of his classroom. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, I'm fortunate to have good administrators who are like, like one, we don't care what you do outside of school. And two, what does this have to do with math? It has nothing to do right, with right. math. So we don't care. And, you know, you couldn't ask for a better support system there. Yeah. That's amazing to yeah. me. And it, and it, I hear all these stories about administrators yeah. who are like, well, you can't even have an atheist group at the school. Right. Or you can't talk about it. Well, and anything. to have a very popular blog where you are very outspoken about your beliefs um, and to still be working in a public school, it's yeah. so great because I mean, you I, should – have that right, and so many well, people I think are exactly. afraid to. Well, and it might encourage and empower other people. Uh, I mean, part of the reason why I brought this up is we get emails regularly. We mm-hmm. get emails yeah. with people either considering going into government, yeah. Yeah. people who are teachers who are asking us these questions. You know, is it okay? Should I be out or should I yeah. be on the down low? Yeah, and, and I, I don't have that choice anymore. Right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm fine with being out, but it's not like I could take it back. But I remember having a conversation because when this stuff was coming out and this Illinois Family Institute was sending out press releases, Mm -hmm. I had a meeting with my principal and my department chair and even one of the superintendents, uh, assistant superintendents in charge of human resources. Mm -hmm. So that's a fun meeting to be walking into thinking, crap, what have (laughs) I done? That's a pants filler right there. And basically, you know, they they were concerned with, are you talking about this stuff in the classroom? And I said, like, no, I work with these atheist groups that go after Christian teachers who preach in the classroom. Right, right. Believe me, I'm not the type of yeah. person that wants to do that. And, you know, I know what the line is with separation of church and state, and I make sure not to cross it when I'm in the classroom. This is all private speech. And after right. I, I said this, the that HR lady just kind of looked at the principal. She's like, after five minutes of that, and she's like, 
I think I'm done here. I don't need to be in this room anymore. <laughs> yeah. like, That's he, great. I, he, I know what's going on. What's going I know on. what you're supposed yeah. to do and not do. And she's like, I'm out. And, right. you know, before she came in, the principal even said, look, your job is safe. We know you're not doing this in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, we know you're teaching math. We, they've seen me teach math a number of times. Right. They've walked mm-hmm. into my classroom like they do with every teacher. Responsible administrators do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and they've seen me and they're like, you know, uh, I'll tell you this. My evaluations at the end of the year – um, they've always been very positive. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I, I love that school. I'm, it must be great very hard had... to fight the urge to go A squared plus B squared equals C squared and there is no God. I yeah. mean, how do you how do you <laughs> keep that out of math class? I mean, Jesus. You know, uh, as as much as I love being an atheist, I, I'm totally geeked out by math too. And so <laughs> See, some of the kids are too. So yeah. what happens is uh, in class, you know, we'll we'll talk about other things in class. It's not always just math. Of course. But the tangents we go on are things that these kids are bringing up. You know, right, if, right. We see, if I see something on another website, even if it's on an atheist website or something, mm-hmm. there are some things they talk like optical illusions or critical sure. thinking or here's exactly. a question to raise. Yes. And those things I'll raise because yeah. that has nothing to do with religion. And we'll get into discussions about that. My kids do projects all the time that mm-hmm. they'll turn in and it has to do with math, but they're they're being creative and right. I love that stuff. I don't know yeah. that critical thinking has a place in the in the classroom. I know, though. Right? I think that's, right? uh, that's an issue for <laughs> me. Critical thinking. Yeah. Um, but At that's one of the things like yeah. I'm not I'm not here to preach atheism in the classroom. Right. I can do whatever I want on the website and yeah, elsewhere. But, um, you know, I, I can teach them how to ask the right questions. And you exactly. Know, and that's, which matter, is what really so matters. Anyway. What matters. Yeah. And again, I, I, I was kind of surprised that this all happened because I'm not that it should happen in a science classroom. But that's where we've seen mm-hmm. it happen. Exactly. That's where you are, expect it. Where, that's where you expect it. Or yeah. maybe in an English classroom. I've seen it sure. where they're like, look at these liberal hippie English teachers teaching their kids <laughs> yeah. to read these banned books. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Really how math? apolitical really can you get with is Trig making you mad? <laughs> like, <laughs> it makes me very mad. I know it makes a lot of the kids mad too. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like for the most part, I mean yeah, there are always kids who aren't going to work and stuff. But for the, for the most part in the class, um, we're talking about math, and it, there's t- so much material to get through. Honestly, even if I wanted to talk about other stuff, I wouldn't have time to do yeah. it because there's so much the material time. to get yep. through. But um, yeah, no, it's there, it's very easy to draw a line there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it as, if I hear about a Christian person who's taking the time to preach in the classroom, my first question is is not this anger for them doing it. It's mm-hmm. really you have no material to get through right. that you gotta that mm-hmm. you you're focusing on preaching instead. Where did you find the time? Where for did that? you find the time? I have yeah. no time in the class. Yeah. <laughs> So it's wonderful to to hear a, a story where it went right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where, where the schools yeah. actually supported and, and, and backed you, know, you and, and everything. I'm glad it didn't go public. That story really didn't get that far outside of my yeah. website. Just I was going to say I, I read it, but it. Yeah. I think I read it on your but website. It, it didn't make it into like mainstream coverage anywhere, <laughs> yeah, right. which is good. That's how it should be. Yes. And even the the postscript to the story actually is is another success story in that. Um, well, you could have taken revenge on this woman for... <laughs> and, uh... and I should say, I still do criticize the work that they do. Um, but we decided, we, through an email exchange, which, you know, I was in contact with her before all this happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, afterwards, uh, we had a conversation, I think I'll give her credit, initiated by her, where we were just saying, like, you know, enough of this back and forth flame wars on, on the their internet, website yeah. and, and our blogs. Right. Why don't we just meet in person away? We won't. I'm not going to blog about this. Yeah. She's not going to write about it. Let's just go out for coffee. Mm-hmm. We did. Um, and we had a long discussion about, you know, 
there was it's not like any of us changed our minds either of us right. changed our minds on anything but she was trying to tell me where she's coming from why she's so like why i'm like why are you so pissed off at gay people like what <laughs> right. is it about that and and she's trying to explain this to me and you know what i really took away from that is here you know those christians always those types of christians always say you know we're, we don't hate gay people we we love them but we, we them, find but it immoral yes. whatever yeah here was someone where that was very clear. Like she really didn't have it out to hurt gay people. I really don't think that's in mm-hmm. her mind, mm-hmm. even though her actions would hurt right. a lot of gay people. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think her heart at least is in the right place, even though it's taken her in these directions that I'm just mm-hmm. making me really angry. Uh, but I think one thing we realized, I think she understood is she knows I don't talk about this in the class. I think she right, even yeah. though she hasn't seen me, she knows I'm not doing that. And so if she has a problem with something I say, she'll go after me. She'll go after my website, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. yeah but she she made it – I think she you – know, Meeting you in person and realizing you don't have horns. Right. Suddenly And, and apologizing for real. taking it to the school yeah. I think is a big deal. And yeah. I, you know, I'm not trying to do any personal attacks on her. It's right. her ideas that I want to go after. Right. And she said then you have all the right to go after my ideas. Um as she does yours. As she does mine. But not your job. Um, and and I think I'll, that's usually always clear, but it was nice to do that after all this had gone down. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's still I, – I still have criticized them to this day. Right. And I've criticized her for the things she said, mm-hmm. but it's never been – personal and it's never been about because you're the friendly atheist well and i don't you can argue that i'm not always friendly but (laughs) um one thing i have been trying to do is for example remember that guy was trying to burn the quran on 9 11 yeah yeah. and it was big major media news and stuff well he actually said he was going to do it about three or four months prior to 9 11 it wasn't news until, until about it got two, close. three weeks yeah. Yeah. before. Kind of like the end of the world guy. Exactly. Uh, uh, He's been talking about it since 1994. Yeah, and no one made a big deal until weeks before. Well, right. the, the Quran burning guy, that pastor, well, I heard about the story and I'm like, you know, it's very easy for me to say this guy is just bigoted mm-hmm. or to take another side and say, well, he's burning a holy book. Who cares? It's just a book. Right. Like mm-hmm. it, nothing's going to happen if you burn it. There's a little bit of both of that in, well, in my reaction. And you yeah. And you could have ta- done any of those. But I'm like, I really just want to talk to this guy. Yeah. And, yeah. and at the time, he wasn't a headline. You know, he wasn't a newsmaker at the time. So I just emailed the guy, mm-hmm. and I'm like, hey, uh, I heard what you're doing. I'm an atheist, but I, I just kind of have questions about this, and I'm wondering if I can do an interview yeah. for my website. I'll print your answers in full. I won't take them out of context or anything. Will mm-hmm. you answer them? And he writes back, yeah, sure, bring them on. So I asked him those questions. Mm-hmm. And th- here's yeah. the thing. There's all these stories all the time where we it's so easy to just rip on these administrators at some schools mm-hmm. who are doing things and these teachers that you hear about or public officials. And you know we do that all the time because you know I, I have this urge sometime where I'm like this is a really important story. It's more important to get it out and get people acting on it than it is to hear what they have to say outside Absolutely. of the sound bites. Yes. But occasionally that opportunity does come up where I'm like, mm-hmm. I, instead of going off of what this newspaper article that I just read online has to say about it, right. why don't I just contact the person by myself yeah, right. yeah. and see if anything because was taken out of it? Because you can do that. And it's ridiculously easy. And you easy. never see anyone do yeah. that. So I mean. That's something I've tried to do in the past couple of years when I have that opportunity. I mm-hmm. heard about a story where a church had basically taken the life savings of this really poor guy who needed health care. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And he had no money. He needed he needed medicine. He needed help. But he'd given so much of his money to the church. And this newspaper article basically vilified the pastor saying, look at what this church is doing. They yeah. knew this guy needed help. And still they're like, you should give money to our church. 
And I'm like, okay, again, easy to vilify this. This is a tailor-made right. thing for an atheist right. blog, right? Yeah, for sure. And again, I tried. I contacted the pastor directly. I'm like, look, this is what I'm hearing about you. Um, I wasn't expecting a response, but I'm like, this mm-hmm. is what the articles are saying. I just want to know, is that is that an accurate portrayal of what you guys are doing? The guy wrote back and he said, no, it's unfair because, look, um, you know, we we want to help this guy out. In fact, we've helped him for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, he has given us money, but let me try to explain this to you. And I could put his things on my I, – I feel like I was doing more journalism than the person who right. actually wrote the article. Well, right. That's not difficult um, most of the time. Yeah. I mean truly. Um, but that's the thing. Like, but you were seeking truth instead of a nice good – It's not because it's a popular blog. It's because yeah. I took the two seconds to go out and reach yeah. out to this yeah. guy and he's more than willing to get his story out. He's like, no, exactly. this is the, the stereotype people are now having of me. I want to set the record straight and he really didn't have much of an opportunity to do that. Um, now, when the story was all out in the clear, I still think he did a lot of things wrong, this pastor. <laughs> but at least, right. like, give him a chance to say something. So, I mean, yeah. Ray Comfort has done an interview <laughs> for my website where he got to say whatever he wanted. Uh, Lee Strobel, the guy who wrote The oh, Case yeah. for Faith, The Case for Christ, yep. he did a Q&A on my website, which he yep. stopped after he realized atheists weren't letting him off the hook on a lot right, of things. Right, right, <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, and we've sent people to some Christian events to mm-hmm. see what they have to say firsthand instead of just the stereotypes mm-hmm. you might hear. Right. I mean, I don't think that's being unfair to them. That's saying go to where they're at and let's hear it. That's what I tried to do with the churches too. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to go off of what my atheist friends say their church experience was like. Right. I know they don't like it. Right. Let me go and see what it is for myself. I mean, anyone can do that. Anyone can get a second opinion from than what they're reading in a paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and occasionally those articles are right and you give credit to those reporters sure. and you know try to do something yeah. about that too. Well, that's what we appreciate so much about your your work, your blog, your book, and that you uh, that you are taking the time to actually hear people out and sincerely try to to learn what they what they think. Really, you're just giving a good name to atheists. Thanks. Uh, we need more people like you out there Absolutely. doing that. Absolutely. So thank you, you so much too. for joining nice us. To have a show like this because these shows didn't exist when I was becoming an atheist, <laughs> and I would have loved hearing like that's kind wow, of the reason we did it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. thank you guys. All right, and the and the uh, the website the address is friendlyatheist.com. Friendlyatheist.com. Right. Thank you very much for joining us on Reasonable Doubt. Thanks. And now as a special treat, we've got a segment of polyatheism. By the way, George Rabb is the one who provides us with our musical riff for the polyatheism theme uh, from his album Trebuchet. This polyatheism segment was partly inspired by our talk with Hemant Mehta, who, of course, came from a Jainist background. Uh, the Jains have their karmically free figures, but they don't really have gods per se. We can get more into that on a later date. So rather than making up a god of Jane, presumably one with a cunning hat of some sort, uh, we're bouncing <laughs> off the idea of pacifism enjoyed by the Janes and taking a look at a god of war. A very non-Jane type god. Well, uh, not, or so not so sure. We'll okay. see. We'll see. Okay. Guan Yu... The Chinese god of war is very different from a lot of other gods of war, however. 
He is leagues away from the more familiar character types of Ares slash Mars, who's always looking for a bit of the old ultraviolence. Ares thrives on war, loves mixing it up, and is all kinds of bloodlusty. Guan Yu isn't like that. In fact, he's not even really like Ares' half-sister Athena, who is a goddess of war as well, but in a much more tactical sense. Athena is the goddess of victory in war and a goddess of wisdom, while Ares thrashes about on the battlefield cleaving enemies asunder with the full might of his war godliness, Athena is the strategic one. She's the pattern of war gods. Hmm. As a side note, my favorite moment in the Iliad is when Ares and Athena meet on the battlefield. Have you read the Iliad? Uh, yes, but it was a long time ago. And it's a long, long poem. The two war deities face down each other, and this is going to be an epic battle of epic epicness, right? And perhaps the greatest anticlimax of all time, <laughs> Athena defeats Ares by throwing a rock at him. <laughs> That's it? That, that would be a more of an Ares thing to do. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You have the great strategic mind of Athena, and she throws a rock at that, that, That's almost like Indiana Jones and the, and the sword fighter, you know? He's exactly. swinging the sword <laughs> yes. around, Indy's like, oh, I got a gun. Exactly right, exactly. That's, that's, that's the best part of the Iliad, aside from all the other good stuff. Anyway, Guan Yu is a different type of war god altogether. In point of fact, if Guan Yu were to have his druthers, he would probably prefer to be called a peace god rather than a war god. He enters into battle only when it is absolutely necessary and then fights only to obtain peace. A masterfully skilled yet reluctant warrior, it's easy to see why he is worshipped by Taoist and Buddhist alike. There's a lot to like about Guan Yu beyond his pragmatic pacifism, though, not the least of which is the fact that unlike any other god we've talked about in polyatheism so far, Guan Yu actually exists. <gasps> well, existed. He was a real guy, an actual historical figure for whom we have far more evidence than some other deified figure at the center of one of the world's largest religions who <laughs> shall remain nameless. In reality, he was a great warrior and general during the Han Dynasty, but in Chinese literature, he became a figure of legend and eventually a god. According to the legend, he began life as a tofu salesman. No, I'm not kidding. Because of this, in fact, along with being a war god, he is also the god of bean curd. For those of you diehard Bruce Campbell fans, uh, you'll recognize Guan Yu as Guan Di, the accidentally awoken protector of bean curd menacing the town of Goldlick in the movie My Name is Bruce. Uh, okay, I need to see My Name is Bruce. Now. You absolutely do. Is it better than Bubba Hotep? Yeah, because it's Bruce Campbell playing himself. Oh, okay. He gets kidnapped by one of his fans in order to save their <laughs> town. Yeah, it's wonderful. Check it out. Uh, after being forced to take up arms to rescue a damsel in distress... Guan Yu went to go wander the earth 
like Kane in Kung Fu. He eventually met up with a couple of other notably legendary warriors and became one-third of the Three Brothers of the Peach Orchard, whose exploits are written of in the Chinese classic Romance of the Three Kingdoms. It's in part because of this relationship that Guan Yu is now regarded as a god of brotherhood, loyalty, and righteousness. Bean curd and peaches. Exactly. It's it's a whole meal, really. Because you can I, do I love anything how with all tofu. these gods build these these resumes, and and they've all diversified their kind of skill set. Well, you know, you got to have a good diversified base or you know we should have a skit sometime where we're hiring a god for a certain job (laughs) and they all come with their resumes and we'll work on that one uh and yes guan yu was a warrior of peace but that doesn't mean he was a wuss i don't care how tough you think you are guan yu is tougher in one battle his arm was pierced by a poison arrow shot from a crossbow Rather than retreat, he demanded to be treated right there on the battlefield. Without any kind of pain meds, a doctor cut open his arm and scraped out poison bits all the way down to the bone. Nice. The scene was so disgusting, men who saw it grew sick. Meanwhile, Guan Yu sat playing cards the whole time. Can you play solitaire through surgery without anesthetic? I certainly can't. Guan Yu can't. Quan Yu can do anything he wants to do. Uh, he eventually died a hero's death. Captured by his enemies, they offered him a chance to change allegiance, but he refused and was granted a nice little beheading because of it. After his death, according to Buddhist tradition, he appeared before a Buddhist leader and asked for guidance. He very quickly gained enlightenment and was deified. To this day, Guan Yu is worshipped in Taoism, Buddhism, and Confucianism, where he's regarded as a god of literature because he managed to read an entire page of Confucius. (laughs) What? Yep, that's all it takes. An entire page without crossing his eyes. And that's, uh, that's how he became a god of literature. So there you have it. Guan Yu, god of war and peace, brotherhood, literature... And bean curd, just one more god worth not believing in. I've read several pages of Confucius. Where's my god of literature status? Did you read it? I don't even have a bachelor's of literature, much less be a (laughs) god of literature. (laughs) It was much easier back then. See, there's fewer literate people. I guess so. Not not a lot of competition. That's right. I thought you were going to say, did you read it in the original? (laughs) Well, did you? No. See? That, that's what it's all about. Like the Quran. You can't read the Quran in English and claim to understand it. That's what I've been told. Yeah. Say lovey. So that's going to do it for us this week. Until next time, send us your comments, questions, challenges, gripes, and suggestions to doubtcast at gmail.com. Come and join the discussion at our forum at doubtcast.forummotion.net. Find us and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at slash doubtcast. Um, check out our store at zazzle.com slash doubtcast and pick up some doubtcast swag. Um, if you like the show, please write us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast aggregator you use. And um, the best thing you can do always is share the show with a friend, someone else who might like it as well. I also want to say real quick thanks to all of the folks who came out to West Michigan Pride 
Yeah. And uh, got to meet a lot of uh, listeners to the show there. So, hi. Yeah, hopefully we have some new listeners on board. Hopefully do. We we gave out those discs of, of sample episodes, and hopefully, hopefully there are some new people listening. If you are, let us know. We appreciate hearing from you. So that's all. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Reasonable Doubts, your skeptical guide to religion. catch up on past Reasonable Doubts episodes or to email your questions or comments, check out www.doubtcast.org. Reasonable Doubts is a production of WPRR Reality Radio. You can find out more about Reality Radio at publicrealityradio.org. Reasonable Doubts theme music is performed by Love Fossil and used with permission. 